G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm your host and today I have a very special guest with me. Welcome to the show, Damon Adams. How are you, mate? Doing well, Hef. Uh, nice to be special. <laughs> I, get, I call everyone special on here, but <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I yeah. Actually, actually mean that, though. Don't every, try to butter me every, up, Everyone mate. I bring on here is, uh, is special. Uh, you know, I, I only handpick the best. Yeah, so oh, great. Welcome Excellent. to the show, mate. Uh, it's nice to have you on. Um, this is actually the first time we've met in person, but uh, we've seen each other around the place and stuff like that, and uh, I know you're a bit of a, a fantasy guru, I guess, but uh, give us a bit of background on your... I guess radio stuff and things like that. And then tell us a bit about your fantasy uh, your fantasy game. Adelaide's a small ball, mate. So <laughs> it it's is. not hard to swim in the same pool. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'm not in radio at the moment, but yeah. I have worked um, in and around radio for the better part of six years. Yeah. Um, my last radio gig was um, executive producing uh, The Breakfast Show with Kane. Um, Kane Corn. Kane Corn um, <laughs> on SEN. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, the breakfast radio game is fraught with uh, not much rest yep. um, and so I kind of stepped away from that mid last year and uh, kind of like you I uh, do a little bit of teaching on yep. the side now um, on ter- the side yeah, yep. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, in terms of fantasy I, I've um, been a keeper league savant for um, many years I really haven't played much AFL you know kind of classic fantasy yep. in many many years yep. but um, yeah I think I've got about seven keeper leagues on Whoa, the go okay that's uh, I've got two so yeah, moment, so, yeah. Uh, it's a sickness <laughs> it really is. I have it. I have a problem. Um, this is not going to help. So well, we might back up into the radio stuff. So you said it's um, fraught with a lot of work, the morning radio stuff. So what what did it look like a day working with uh, Kane Corns and that in the morning show? Um, so day would probably start around four. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of get up. Check your phone, roll out of bed. Um, yeah, sorry, is that in the studio at four? Or? No, 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 no. Yeah, you wake up. At four, you yeah. wake up at four. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of get up. Get the body moving, which is hard to do. Um, Make your way into the King William studio. Yeah. You're basically looking at overnight sport, anything happened while I was sleeping, Um, you know, setting up everything from, you know, making sure the studio's right to making sure the run sheet's ready to go. Yeah. Um, At that time, the breakfast show was Kane and Andrew Hayes, who's now... Um, for the South Australian listeners here, he's on Nova 919 Breakfast now. Yep. And a bit of new stuff, isn't he, here Yeah, and he's yeah. a Channel 7 TV. reporter. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, the, the show would go from 6 to 8.30 because then they'd take Jared from 8.30 on the on the yep. Vic band. And, yeah, so you just kind of podcast and tweet and follow news as the show went along. Yep. Um, they step out pretty much immediately after the show. Yeah, when, and you stick um, around and do the hard work. <laughs> you, uh, you podcast the rest of the show. You make sure SCN have their podcast numbers because their terrestrial band is not easy to pick up in, in cars oh, here. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I've noticed that. I can't actually get it in my car. So. No, neither can I. 1629, yeah. mate. It's impossible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, then you're on the, you know, you're on the hunt for the next – shows pretty much the yep. hunting guests and yep. you're pretty much passively attached to sports social media not in a fun fantasy way but like in a yeah, sick kind of like i have yeah. to watch this all day yeah um and then what's yeah. it like working with the uh, the talent the cane corns and stuff like that good oh, place it's it's pretty detached yeah, yeah like um i'm pretty sure everyone's what everyone imagined kane would be like to work for yeah. is exactly what Kane is like <laughs> to work exactly for. exactly what I was and, and not that he's an arsehole, but just <laughs> yeah, that yeah. he's super busy, like massively driven, kind of stuck in his own space. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's happy to be antagonistic. <laughs> you know, he wants proper guests and yeah. things like that. So yeah. the pressure's there. He's a professional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, yeah, nights wouldn't finish up till about midnight. So while I was working that six months, I was probably getting about three and a half to four hours sleep a night. That sounds awful. Which is not <laughs> enough sleep. Nah. Yeah, exactly why I, I'm here doing this and, uh, yeah, not doing radio so much anymore. All right, so back to the Keeper League stuff then. So give us a rundown of your most successful Keeper League team, how many premierships you won, who's your best players and that, who are some of your more success stories and all that sort of stuff? Um, well, I mean, I've had reasons amount of success in a bunch of my leagues yeah. um, one which is called King Dynasty is a dynasty league um, yeah basically keep as many as you want each year um, you know you only delist to basically take part in the end of your draft um, that league's been running this is the seventh year I've made the grand final all six oh, wow. and won three of them so I, I went like runner up winner runner up winner runner up winner <laughs> I've fallen off this year. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, you can only stay at the top the of the coach for burst. so long. Yeah, yeah. Other one, I'm going for four, Pete. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I I think I have so many on the roster because it allows me to compete heavily in some, rebuild in others, yeah. and kind of play different roles. Yeah. I suppose, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're into, like, kind of gaming, like, you kind of get... Different types of characters to yeah, play. Yeah, I know and, what you mean. Um, yeah. You're a rebuilder, yeah. you're a, you know, your veterans team or whatever, or you can kind of, you know, build different fantasy sides and things like that. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. hard the hard thing is just monitoring waivers. And I think um, you know, probably my biggest gripe with the new AFL fantasy platform is yeah. it's not as in your face as UF used to be. Yeah, true. Like it doesn't show up on that main screen and yeah. sometimes you're seeing other leagues waivers and um, and that's become harder to monitor this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, got to up my game there a little bit. But, yep. yeah, looking looking all right in a few leagues. Probably a good plug for the uh, Waver Wire podcast on uh, keepleadpod.com.au. Exactly. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, well, Need said- all the help I can get, mate. <laughs> well, you said you don't uh, play the classic format uh, that much, but have you ever played Game Day Squad? I haven't. Do you know what Game Day Squad is? I, I've heard you plugging the cards yeah, yeah, and yeah. the rarity of them, yeah. and uh, I'd, I'd see you pulling a few good ones from time to time. Yeah, got that uh, Diamond Tim Taranto uh, <laughs> <laughs> Last week. So, what does Diamond get? Like, it multiplies the score? Yeah, Diamond is 1.4 times okay. the score. And it's a, the scoring system is a little bit different. It's basically the same, but goals are worth a little bit more, I think. And maybe handballs are worth two. In, uh, sorry, free kicks are worth two or something like that. Timmy yeah. T's been hitting the scoreboard. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so it's a pretty pretty good one to get. So, um, yeah, popped that on uh, TikTok last week and uh, did a video with Checkers as well for Game Day Squad that anything Checkers touches just turns to gold. So, that was just like 50,000 views. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like just my, well, none of my other videos get anywhere near it's that. It's the ball so. cut, mate. <laughs> exactly. It must be with that cheeky moustache and the dip for Brezzy's <laughs> content. But anyway, uh, Game Day Squad, create, coach, and compete in fantasy football. If you haven't played it before, you get digital packs uh, and you get cards out of those packs packs and you make your team from the cards that you get out of those instead of picking players from a pool but different types of cards have different types of multipliers and they uh, up your fantasy scoring and you get free cards just for logging in each week so make sure you get on board that support our sponsors uh, create coach and compete at game day squad and play now for free gamedaysquad.com.au all right enough plugging of the uh, sponsors let's get stuck into uh, the most relevant names of the week we'll go in game by game order uh, as we have been doing for the last few weeks first one i want to talk about is oliver florent did you watch the thursday night game mate uh, it's lucky it held my attention that first quarter was abysmal yeah it was um, really it, the world test championship got a bit of a run at yeah. that time and I, I did come back to it that's it, good it actually 
turned out to be all right if you could stick with it. Now, do you own Jake Lloyd in any, any of your leagues? I actually don't. Not oh, in, really? Not in one team. All right. Well, he started up on the wing and played there pretty much for the best part of three quarters. So I can't think that kind of allowed Florent to kind of do a bit more in defence. Um, yeah. Blakey was going off early, but then copped their head knock. So I think... It was, everything kind of went Florence way this week. He has shown signs this week. Uh, do you have much interest in him in any of your leagues? I don't own him anywhere, but 34 disposals is enough to kind of get anyone's radar yeah, pinging away. Um, it, it's just one of those unknown roles, though. Like, how often are we going to see Jake pushing up and then allowing that kind of defensive halfbacks to rack it up? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like... It, I don't think, particularly if you're running leagues with lesser numbers, he's not a regular starter. Yeah, it uh, depends how deep your league's going. I think he, like, you know, if you've got a lot of injuries and stuff like that, he could be a handy one to own. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I want to see him, like, do this three weeks in a row or something like that yeah. before I'm getting interested anyway. Um, another one in that game, we're speaking of halfback flankers, Braden Campbell... He had 94 points. This was his best score of the season. I think he had a 92 earlier in the season. But in a crowded back line, um, which is kind of hard for him to score in, he just shows signs. So what I'm trying to say is I think we're struggling to see consistency from him this year. But he was a, what, a top 10 draft pick, I think, yeah. from five from memory. And we're just starting to see him get a game each week and just show little hints. What are your thoughts? Well, years ago, he was one of those guys that came in as a junior stocks high. And so people kind of, you know, particularly those guys that invested in the juniors, he's the one that people have had chips on for a while, just yeah. waiting for that breakout. He's building. Yeah. Now, 100% agree. It's like, I don't see how it's, I, I don't know. I feel like Lloyd has to like move out of there or something like that before it's going to happen because there's just so many players in that back line and on the, the outside and the midfield, really. It's just like a pretty talented side, especially which is crazy given where they are on the ladder. And all those people that invested in Will Gould do not want to hear this. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, we actually got proof that he was real this year. But my, my point is, um, Braden Campbell is just worth holding on to, I think, because yeah, given the pedigree, given the talent, given the high draft pick, he's starting to show signs. Make sure you keep him in your back pocket for future years. Uh, Justin McInerney, um, 83 points. He's just had back-to-back good scores. And I think it really coincides with Dylan Stevens going out of the side. There's just less of a rotation on that wing. Yeah. And he can just run through that a bit more. So I reckon as long as you see Dylan Stevens out the side, Mills was kind of playing a little bit of wing time um, before he got injured, but he was still kind of, he was pretty much just running inside anyway. Yeah. Um, I think McInerney is their kind of number one outside player at the moment. And I think he's putting up some good scores on the back of that. Thank God he's fieldable again. Yeah, absolutely. Like he really went through that period where like 40s and 50s almost became the norm. So yeah. like, hey, hallelujah, you can get him back <laughs> out there. Give him a run, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so he was he was one of the uh, Keep League favourites for a while back in the day. And we were certain he was going to break out. We're still waiting for that uh, breakout. But uh, yeah, we'll get there one day, I'm sure. Um I guess the biggest talking point of the week, especially in the classic circles, was Angus Sheldrick. Um, he had 79 points, and this was by far his best game at oh, AFL level. By a street. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, given he's a prolific junior scorer, um, and he's scoring huge in the VFL, he was given a role this week, and it was basically Luke Parker was out, yeah. chucked him into that role. Played really low game time as well, so he wasn't on the on the, on the the field for a lot, but kind of showed his fantasy, fantasy scoring potential. It's under 60%, I reckon, his time on ground. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right, yeah. So, yeah, crazy, crazy numbers for the amount of time on the time on ground he had, but, um, yeah, look, 
And what, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with Parker comes back? And do you think it's another run next week? I, I don't think you could put any anything on Sheldrick to actually keep this up. But it is nice to get when when you've got juniors like this, and maybe you're you know at the bottom just trying to get young talent. Yeah, yeah. you at least want to see the glimpse. Yeah, absolutely. And the glimpse is there. Like you, you can see that his you know his points per minute is actually really healthy, um, and you know he can kind of get his nose in the trough a little bit. So hey, Sheldrick owners. If you are in deep leagues, hold that kid. I dropped him at the end of last season, I reckon, because he was on my rookie list. And, yeah, it was just one of those things where we keep, uh, what is it, we keep our best 16, but anyone on our rookie list we can keep for an extra year, but we can only keep a maximum of four. I said too many good rookies that I couldn't end up holding him, which was a bit of a shame. But... I don't know. I don't know if I regret it now because I know the rookies that are held are okay. I think. Oh, there you go. No, no, you can't beat yourself up over that. Yeah, exactly. But um, (laughs) yeah, it's one game. I just hopefully he doesn't. uh, Yeah, just continue this anyway. All right. uh, Apologies on the stream. The cameras aren't operating. I'll keep trying to fix those behind the scene. But uh, anyway, um, move on to the Port Adelaide game. You're a Port Adelaide man, aren't you? Mate, this could turn into a real circle (laughs) jerk moment here. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, All right. There's not a lot to talk about from. Oh, there's a few players to talk about from the Port Adelaide uh, game on. uh, was it Friday night against Western Bulldogs? But I guess the first one I'm talking about is Scott Lysett. So he's had 86 points, um, went head to head with English around the ground, and basically just was followed to the footy. Well, followed him to the footy and kind of kept him at bay, but ended up putting up a good score himself because he was always always in and amongst the pl- um, the play. Had a good month uh, in the last year, month 83, 153, and 86. Do you think he's kind of turned a corner? Because um, he was an 80 average player a few years ago. Mate, I was one of those supporters ready to write him off completely, you know, in terms of um, actual football relevance, um, you know, the questions were absolutely there, but then had one proper out of the box on Friday night. Yeah. You know, there's not been many Ruckman that have been able to go toe-to-toe with English this year. And he really, you know, you said, you know, kind of held him at bay. Absolutely. He did really nullified his influence. And um, from a fantasy perspective, you know, has remained okay. Yeah. you know, may, maybe you're running a couple of rucks deep. If you're, you know, maybe uh, looking for young talent and you've got him there, that's the kind of guy you're yeah, looking to exactly. trade to someone. See if you can get any value for him at all. Now is the time to strike there. I feel like in all of my leagues, like I've never valued rucks in any of my um, keeper leagues. And I feel like someone like Scott Lysett is always someone available or yeah. free that like can – you can put on your field and he's just serviceable. Yep. Um, especially like, yeah, I, I rolled with um, Lloyd Meek and uh, Ned Reeves this year as my one oh, and two. But, uh, <laughs> mate. <laughs> this is in, in my dynasty league. But I have uh, have made the trade for the Darcy, uh, Darcy Cameron in since then. So I'm running him in my ruck now. like to be playing my forward line, but that's a different story. But I think players like like Scott Lysett are players you get pretty cheaply and they can just fill a hole if you're, if you're really struggling in that ruck line. Yeah, well, that's it. All you got to do is kind of hit that trade table a little bit. If you're looking to get Scott Lysett off someone, he's not going to cost you much. Yeah, correct. correct. So, you know, maybe you could... Yeah. Aim for him. Put yeah. Cameron in your forwards and Bob's your uncle. That's not a bad idea. Maybe I should go with that. <laughs> Stop fixing your streaming. Get, get yeah, off exactly. some trade. Let's start trading. Uh, Lockie Jones had 83 points. Uh, I guess the the notable absentee this week was Ryan Burton. Uh, dropped from the side. Tom Jonas isn't getting a game as well. So Mate, a few holes. Doesn't deserve one. <laughs> exactly. But uh, we won't go there. It's not fantasy relevant. Um, that opens a few holes. Someone like Lockie Jones was, I guess, able to thrive uh, in this kind of scenario. 83 points. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just good to see him getting a game. He's a player that can 
he he sort of looks like the fantasy type from on a weekly week to week basis. So it depends on his role. But he's a pretty like he's a big dude, but he can move pretty quickly. He can lay a tackle, um, can hit the ball hard and kind of you know take a mark or run off a half back line. I guess just sometimes he is a bit more suited to probably defending a bit more, locking down a bit more as well. What are your thoughts? The intercept uh, possessions really came in handy yeah. uh, for him on Friday night, and that was probably his best game of AFL. Period. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, he's come down with a fractured jaw, though. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's out uh, ah. for this week. So it's going to be interesting whether to see if, if Burton Port comes back bring in. in Burton or maybe yeah. recall a Riley Bonner yeah. just to kind of play that role. But Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, to kind of come off that kind of game and yeah. then unfortunately you have to step away from it a little bit. But he played through with a fractured jaw. He's a hard, bloody nut. So, <laughs> he is too. Um, yeah, I mean, he has some kind of game about him. Whether he could kind of keep that up on the regular, who knows. All right. Sorry, just checking out the stream here. Uh, a few people are uh, having a good laugh about something, but uh, we'll get into that later. Um, we'll move on to the Hawthorne game. <laughs> now I'm going to uh, get all self-conscious, mate. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. They're having a laugh about, uh, I think, Brisbane, uh, Brisbane's performance on the weekend. We're about to get stuck into that game. So, uh, Jarman Impey is the first player I want to talk about in this game. Uh, he scored 124 points and went back and watched this game today on the replay. Just noticed, and he scored huge last week as well. So, I just wanted to know, like, why Jarman Impey scoring so well. And... I could really only put it down to he just looked like the hardest worker in that defence, really. He was the guy pushing up the ground. Um, there was this kind of plan that Hawthorne were kind of playing where they'd always have a man behind for the bailout kick. So if it was in their forward line, um, any time a Brisbane player just hoofed it out of their out of their um, defence, I guess, they were pretty well set up. And it just seemed to fall in Impey's lap a lot across that line. So um, it took a heap of marks that way and just kind of ended up dishing it back in the forward line. But... I know he just worked so hard to be everywhere he possibly could. Like he was, you know, running off the square and receiving from the midfielders, running through all that sort of stuff. There's just so many opportunities for him to uh, to get a touch. I guess the big news is is Sicily is going to be out next week, and yeah. that's why I thought he scored big last week because Sicily was missing. That was just mopping up. But you know, Sicily's going to be out again. That's another lot of possessions gone. You know, or you know, someone else can actually get them. What are your thoughts on Jarman Impey going forward? Can he turn the page? It's interesting because Hawthorne are playing a little bit more possession football. Yep. So there is a lot to go around. I actually listened to the radio call of this while I filled up a skip yep. at my house. So I didn't actually get to see the man work. But Jarman Impey almost single-handedly won me a game in a league that's still playing through buys yeah, on the weekend. Um, so I was very happy to see the man or just hear his name just constantly <laughs> being called. So Jarman... All praise to you, my friend. Yeah, good on you, Jarman. I own him in one of my leagues too, and uh, we don't play through the buys in that one, but I wish we were. Um, so they're the games you hate to miss. I know, it sucks. I'm, my, my team's on fire at the moment during the buys, so yeah. Uh, Connor McDonald, uh, 91 points. This was his best game uh, so far, I think. Um, started uh, started forward, played in the wing a little bit as well, and then rolled through the midfield a bit too. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like he was everywhere. It just looks class, you know. Yeah. It, it was kind of like a it – was, it was a Dusty Martin type stat line, you know, a couple goals, a heap of touches in the midfield. Um, yeah, just a player that's really highly touted and I think it's just one we just need to persist with. It'll be a roller coaster for another year or so. It'll, you know, be up and down a little bit. But long term and given the nature of the Hawthorne list, he's going to get all that opportunity. He's going to be a gun. Speaking of goals, Mitch Lewis. Yes. It's actually become <laughs> relatively fantasy relevant. Absolutely. Well, And because, like, I mean, generally speaking, keys are just terrible to own. Correct. But when someone is kicking goals, but particularly in a lower team with such frequency, the scores are actually okay. Yeah, like, they're fine. Absolutely fieldable. Yeah, yeah. So he scored 83 points on this is Mitch Lewis we're talking about. Um, 
I personally believe, like, you know, there's always, like, a few good key forwards that will average 75 for most of the season, pop up here with a few bags and kick tons and things like that, score tons. He's going to be one of those guys. Tommy Hawkins last year. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. He's going to have seasons like that in the future. It's just one of those players that might not be great every week, but if, you know, you only need him to go big on grand final day or whatever, you know, in your, in your key play grand final. Yeah. And he's going to win you a game. And, know? like, he's, he's the kind of guy that you can – Easily back in when playing those kind of minnow teams yep. to actually get a bag. Yep, correct. Yep. So, or well, even though he did it against Brisbane on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A real minnow team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah. Mitch Lewis, I'm a big fan of. And again, won't be pretty each week, but he's definitely got some game there. Can score you some points. Player I've always loved is Jack Scrimshaw. Um, 75 points. He's struggled to get into the into the side a bit this year. Um, but again, I mentioned that bailout kick before and Hawthorne always left someone back for it, which just let them just take possession again and get going. He was on the end of a lot of those. And the ball seemed to just fall in his lap a lot in the, in the, in the defense as well just got a few intercept uh, marks that way and again all those Hawthorne defenders work really hard to kind of push the other way too so he kind of starts off the chain when he's back there but uh, yeah Scrimshaw if he can maintain his spot on the side again with Sicily out he's probably the, the natural replacement I think for them plays a similar type of role it's just when those roles open up for him yeah exactly so he might get a bit of a bump uh, this week probably should have put him on the waiver wire podcast although I feel like he might be more than 40% owned but anyway oh it'd be touch and go <laughs> yeah yeah but he, yeah, he should be more than 40% owned anyway so if he's still there grab him uh, this week um, we'll move on to the Crows game uh, Taylor Walker 166 points 10 goals. Mate, he feasted <laughs> in his 250th. Uh, yeah. he, I, I think what he have in the, f- was it four goals first quarter? I think so, yeah. Seven yeah. goals in the first half? Yeah, it was seven goals in the first half. I know that, yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 10 goals to text. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this is this is what we're ta- talking about in terms of, you know, loading up on the keys against yeah, yeah, those absolutely. sides. This is the one where a Taylor Walker owner is sick <laughs> because it's the buyers and they couldn't actually get the most out of that score. That I've, That is sickening to watch. I've seen a lot of screenshots where people just weren't, taking notice that it was his 250th or whatever or anything like that. And they just see, he's sitting on the bench with 166 points there. Like, seen quite a few of the screenshots that over the weekend. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Tip of the cap game, though, I think. Uh, it's, it's funny he given 10 goals a tip of the cap, but I don't think uh, I don't think we can expect it regularly from Tex. But he's kind of like he's kind of like Lewis in a sense that he'll score big, you know, every few weeks type thing or get you 70 most weeks. There, there, there was a... Lee Spur, and I know this is a random tangent, right? But yeah. Lee Spur, many, many years ago, Frio. defender for Frio, yeah. he used to have these games where, like, uh, he would score well, and I would talk like he'd be an 80 to 90 player whenever they'd play in Western Australia. Yeah. Whenever he'd play away, yeah, 40s nothing. and 50s. Yeah. Taylor Walker is that guy this year. <laughs> Adelaide are that much more effective at home. Uh, you know, he kind of feeds off the crowd. I reckon he is a Adelaide Oval play only. All right. Taylor yeah, Walker no, this year. Probably something in that. Probably have to unpack the, some data on that. The least bear effect. There we go. <laughs> That's what we'll coin it. Um, moving to Lockie Murphy, uh, 81 points, two goals, just kind of played that pressure forward role. He's another tip of the cap. A good score for him, but I wouldn't be expecting it too often. Um, moving on to the one West Coast player that actually caught my <laughs> eye, um, and it wasn't that fancy anyway but it was Jack Petricelli. Um, I've just noticed the last few weeks they've been rolling with him through the midfield just a little bit. Yeah. Um, he had 80 points. He was listed as a forward. And I think we know he's a real zippy, speedy player. He just gives them a little bit of X factor in the middle. So I think he's someone they might throw in there when they just need to try something different or when they're getting absolutely pumped and things like that, which is going to be quite often, the poor old West Coast Eagles. Oh, mate. So, um, yeah, just just take note of him given he's listed as a forward. And he's put up another, another good score this year when he got a bit of midfield time as well. So... Yeah. Did, did Marek do anything for you, the mid-season pickup? Uh, 
I only saw that. I only really remember the goal, and he gave away a free kick soon after that. Kick but, two, um, yeah, two goals was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, not a, not enough for me to pick up at the moment. There have been some good mid-season draft pickups along the way, along the journey. Like you know, you're talking about your Snellings and Noble, for instance. But yeah. I mean, he's he's just someone that's gonna get a run. Yeah. Out of circumstance. Absolutely. Um, I think they only had one fit AFL-listed player play twos <laughs> on the weekend, I think was the, uh, was the word there. Um, so, yeah, he's going to get a bit of a run. I think all those mid-season draftees, you give them the six months, wait for the off-season, and then that's when you probably think about picking them up, yeah. I reckon, with most of them anyway. It's been a few. John Noble, John Newcomb been okay but oh, still not mate too, yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah exactly. 2g for p <laughs> it really is but yeah um we'll move on to the frio game now a bit of a story i had every intention of watching this game saturday night i was just uh, i had the laptop i was gonna lie in the bed and watch it um my four-year-old son in the shower just getting ready for bed um he pops his head out the door to tell me something something four-year-olds tell you slips lands on his face <gasps> knocks his tooth into his gum Blood everywhere. No. Trip to the emergency department on a Saturday night. Dang. So apparently the tooth is going to be okay. They gonna, see kids pretty quickly, it's just though. It's going to drop back down. Yeah, they do see kids pretty quickly. But I reckon we left at 6.30 and we're home by about 11.30. So, yeah, it took a while on Saturday night. <laughs> so, Parenting, yeah. mate. It's really fun. It is uh, tough. So, I saw none of this game. So, I just came <laughs> here and I didn't get a chance to watch a replay. But as I mentioned, his tooth's going to be okay for anyone worried out there. So, it'll <laughs> pop back down there, I reckon. Baby teeth. Crazy things. Um, Matthew Johnson, did you see this game? I didn't. Damn. No. <laughs> I was no. You would, but that's all right. This is uh, this is where like the five day of football weekend uh, yeah. really costs you when yeah, yeah you got a family. I under I fully understand. Yep. Anyway, uh, Matthew Johnson's the first guy I want to talk about. Uh, talk a week. Essentially, he was going to play more midfield time. They're going to run him through there. It ended up happening, I guess. Eleven CBAs for the game. Uh, Ninety three points. A big name in the classic circles uh, last week because he was just hit his price, and again this week because I think his break even is going to be about five or something like that. So yeah. um, one that everyone's going to be looking at, uh, and I look forward to watching him next week. But looks like. He's getting in the midfield. If he's on your waiver wire, I'd be snapping him just because, yeah, highly touted last year in the draft and, yeah, finally getting some midfield time. And uh, speaking of midfield time, I guess Nat Fife uh, was in the midfield this week as well. Scored the 83. Um, Handy. Yeah, I'd take that. Listed as a forward. Um, and, again, another one in the classic circles that people are going to be looking at, uh, yeah, given his price too. Can, can I just pour one out for Absolutely. Neil Erasmus owners? Yes. Uh, you know, did... This is the kind of guy that people have spent, you know, maybe like a yeah. pick three or pick four on and they've kept him, kept him on that bench for years just saying like Neil Erasmus, Neil Erasmus. And he, he pokes his head up every now and again. He's, he's gone once more. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, there, there'll still be opportunity, I guess. Um, I, I, I've kind of seen – Penciled him more for an outside role this year and since O'Driscoll and that, you know, that, I don't know. I, I still think there's, there's you can have faith in Erasmus, but you just got to bide your time. Oh, I think. mate, that, that's <laughs> a long hold, long hold to see something. Yeah, true that. Um, all right, we'll move on to the Sunday games here. Again, didn't see a lot of these ones, but I did see a bit of George Wardlaw when oh, I did, was watching. Saw the first goal that he kicked and um, the kid's just an absolute gun. Um, he's got to be an inside beast. Scored 97 points in this team. Uh, sorry, in this game. Um, a couple of snags. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think we need to talk too much about him. He's almost too good for the podcast. Oh. Almost immediately, yeah, but yeah. that that is reward for that high draft pick is delicious. I think he just needs. Uh, I just think he needs a few more consistent scores. Mm. There's there's always the worry that he was that. Um, he wasn't a high junior scorer. So a lot of the guys that come out of the NAB League or whatever it's called now, Coates High League or whatever they call it, doesn't, seem, doesn't have a nice <laughs> ring to it. Um, but he just didn't have huge numbers in that league where a lot of the guys coming in, the fantasy guys coming in do. And it was because he was just playing that purely contested inside, handballing to his runners and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's good to see him actually put up some better numbers at AFL level. And I think with kids like him, 
they add strength to their bow as they get into the system, work with different people and stuff like that. Um, they learn the value of running both ways and things like that a bit more. And yeah, like I said, I have faith. For those out there that are concerned about those junior numbers, I don't think you have to worry too much. I don't think he's going to be uh, Andrew Brayshaw, you know, Rory Laird Definitely type not. each week. But he's going to, in, in your keeper league formats, he's going to be a 100 average midfielder and he'll be handy to own. It's, it's, I'm not sure the way you like to approach your keeper leagues, but if, if maybe you lucked into having a high draft pick but you're contending this year, is he someone that you would maybe put your balls on the line and say, <laughs> hey, let's people talk to me. I've got Georgie here. Yeah. And uh, give me someone actually with some substance 28 to 30 yeah. that can score big. I'm never big. Like, this is probably me personally. I'm not saying it's the right way to go about it, but my thought is always there will be another George Wardlaw yeah. next year like or the year after that, depending where you're on the ladder. Given where my place is, like, I'm top in both, or, you know, top in the top half of the league in both my, in my, um, both my leagues. Yeah, he's probably not one I would go for, but I reckon if you're if you're lower and you can somehow not cost too much into your future and you're giving up more of your older players and stuff like that, mm. I reckon it's definitely a play. Yeah, for sure. Get out there. Hit the trading. Uh, Taron Thomas. I don't. Even, I still don't know if it's Taron or Taron. Uh, just, I've given up. <laughs> I just changed each week. He doesn't deserve right. for you to get his name right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you've got to mention him from the fantasy point of view, I guess. 78 points. He's got that midfield forward role um, and he's scoring okay. Um Shit bloke, but he's for, playing for, pretty- <laughs> for a guy that had you know been in and out of the system over the last year for all the reasons, um, yeah. he actually looks like he's up to scratch. Like, yeah, kick three on the weekend. He's it's certainly able to contest mm. and doing better than I thought he would. Yeah, easily maybe, better. Maybe just getting you know out there and playing footy is. Just helping him. But anyway. Um, Stop being a shit bloke. Yeah, exactly. But get better off field. <laughs> um, I think the one thing we've got to flag is uh, the Shields tag is back. Uh, I think I had a couple of weeks off, but um, Tom Green was absolutely tagged out of this game. So just avoid giving someone the C against North Melbourne. Everyone sees the North Melbourne like uh, matchup and go, this is going to be a points fest. Yeah. But it really does fluctuate um, with the top scorers against them. Sometimes they do kind of hold back a little bit or sorry, they put a bit more pressure on the good players against them and it does kind of hinder your better scorers against them. But it's, it's more like the, the bottom level mids kind of come up a little bit more. Well, Giants aren't the most effective side, but they only had 200 plus scorers on the weekend. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, they, they certainly didn't feast. Yeah. Liam Shields sneakily handy this year though. Yeah, for people status. that, you know, kind of picked him up in the draft. Yeah. Forward status, you know, another 80 on the weekend. 100%. He's, he's going to keep getting games if he's this effective. Yeah, I understand. Agree. Uh, so moving on to the Giants, Kieran Briggs. Can we make him too? too good for the oh, he's, he's absolutely up. straight up too good for the bot. Um, what What is interesting there is this whole kind of Matt Flynn, Braden yeah, Bruce. Exactly. That's where th- I was going. Third man dynamic, but he he actually is playing excellent football. Yeah, 100%. it's not just opportunity. He's actually playing good footy. Yeah, hundred percent. So, well, what are your thoughts going forward? If Bruce is fit in three or four weeks. Can you drop – you couldn't drop him right now, could you? Is he still to be confirmed on the injury list? I think he is, yeah. So, he was very close Mate, to it's coming – round 13. He's been very close to coming back twice and he keeps re-injuring himself. So, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think we're going to see Briggs for the rest of the season. Matt Flynn did get named on an extended bench – A couple of weeks – last week, was it? I think this, this week, week as well. Yep, yeah, yep. but, I mean, obviously, Briggs is playing well enough to kind of keep him out the side. Yeah. Obviously, if – if the opportunity is there for him to be solo ruck, the scoring 
will come. Yeah, 100%. so you just got to hope that wave continues and he doesn't stuff it up. Yeah, I think it does. No yeah. one comes to rain on his parade. Yep, hundred percent. So yeah, I'm gonna make two of the podcast for now because while he's the uh, number one ruck out the Giants, he's gonna score each week. So blessings, Kieran. Uh, Toby Bedford, uh, 87 points, plays that high half forward role, but he's one of those half forwards. Like if you're not getting midfield time, you want these guys that kind of push up and kind of play that connector or they run back to goals and kind of use the link up play yeah. that way he's one of those guys um he also got the one cba too so they must see him as a somewhat of a midfield option when they're running low of options but um yeah like i said like i guess his first goal for example took a market halfback linked up again and then took the mark inside 50 to kick the goal so those kind of multiple possessions in one chain they're the things that can get your fantasy scores so I think he's had back to back good scores or another yeah, good score this season as footy. well so just want to keep an eye on I'm not sure if I'm you know throwing the kitchen sink at him just yet but if he's on the waiver or whatever given that he's a forward one to look at um Harry Himmelberg, uh, he had 81 points. I guess the big talking point in the fantasy circles was can he score with Nick Haynes in the side? Managed to do it. Played that halfback role again. It's just always on a knife edge where it continues. But I guess with Cabman in, with um, uh, who's the other big forward, uh, Hogan up there as well, um, and he's pretty playing pretty well. They can afford to do a few different things with him. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and hopefully it remains. It's just going to be interesting to see how long Cadman can kind of stay with it for. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, they're going to have to give him rest from time that's to time. True. And Himmelberg, Himmelberg is the first guy to be able to switch up forward. So Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, right while it's happening, I guess. But, yeah, any moment you can see it change. That's the issue. Uh, moving on to the Sunday night game, uh, Essendon versus Carlton. First of all, you got to feel for Carlton supporters, don't you? <laughs> I don't, well, Did you I, see that social clip today of the, the one of the fans just blasting the team as they walk off? I, every, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. I, I, I do yeah. enjoy the three AW calls that oh, yeah, uh, yeah. do go viral every week of yeah, uh, the people that. losing their shit. So yeah. I love tagging my Carlton mates in. It's like, is this you? <laughs> Poor <week>. bastards. <laughs> but uh, well, we'll start with Essendon. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's a sad state of affairs at Carlton right now. Condolences <laughs> <laughs> to the listeners out there that do support Carlton. Uh, start with Essendon though. Dyson Heppel, I think he's a player we've just got to make too good for the podcast again. Not because he's hitting huge heights. It's just he's getting the safe 80 each week. It's just fieldable. I'd, is Heppel too good for the podcast? Well, he's been brought back, but my rule was always if you have four 80s in a row, you're too good for the podcast. Okay, and yeah, fair and enough. he just keeps hitting it. Like, it's just he's, he's going to be owned out there because he's kind of reliable now. Like, he wasn't reliable earlier in the season, and I could, I, that's why we brought him back and could see him dropping off a few lists, but... I reckon if he's out there on wave wire pulls, whatever, and if you need, oh, I couldn't be that defensive status. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think he's probably because he's gone the eighty plus for the last few weeks. I think he's probably just too good. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, he'll come back eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Adam Tomlinson, he had eighty six points. So I guess he had he just had a a fortunate game. I think because he was on Cox early when Cox went into the ruck, they didn't put Cameron forward. He went to the bench. So you've done the sneaky swap to the Monday game. (laughs) Oh, have I? Oh, that be, oh, sorry, that's the only... Oh, I've gone right down. My bad. Sorry, I missed Jai Caldwell in there. Um, there is not much to much else to talk about from the current point of view, so that's probably why I uh, skipped <laughs> over. But uh, sorry about that, listeners. Um, yeah, Jai Caldwell was the other one I wanted to talk about. Uh, 97 points. Um, I guess he's also too good for the podcast just based on the last month. My issue with him is is what happens when Parrish is back, Setterfield's back? Well, that's, How does this work? It's the real unknown for that yeah. whole team because, you know, they're talking about how effective, sorry, Ben, Hobbs, yeah, no, he's too good, but uh, you know, Ben Hobbs has been, yeah, and so what does happen to Settlefield, uh, Settlefield and, and Paris yeah, when yeah. they come back in when he's 
been so effective. I think Paris is a no-brainer, and I think Hobbs is kind of overtaken Setterfield because he can kind of do similar type yeah. things, can play that tough, accountable kind of role. Um, the thing is, Hobbs was like, I think there was a week where he got no centre bounces, so and he was just running in as an extra midfielder anyway, coming off the forward line. So he's shown that they don't probably need him as much at the stoppages. They can kind of still roll with him around the ground. But, yeah, like guys like Caldwell and Perkins even had, I think, a 66% uptick in centre bounce sentences this yeah. week as well. So... There's so many midfielders at Essendon. That's my my point, really. And I just don't know how much we can trust them as well as they're scoring at the moment when everything's working for them. It's interesting because I kind of look at what the setup of Port Adelaide has kind of been to, to kind of start the season. And they were kind of, well, particularly last season as well, they were experimenting with a lot of people running through. So people like Butters last year maybe were only getting a little bit of midfield time but they've solidified it this year. I reckon yeah. Essendon are kind of like a tick step back in that process. Yeah. So we're going to find that soon they will solidify that. But at the at the moment they are kind of rotating through a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Uh, Perkins, I just I feel like I, I feel like I talk about Perkins every week, and because he's in my team, I just don't want to be like that bias towards my own team. Like yeah. like because all my mates say you only talk about Perkins each week because he's in your team. But like he's just such a he's just so <laughs> close to being like that awesome player. But yeah. yeah and he's just, still young mate. There's yeah, still, exactly. still a lot of development to go. Exactly. I just think I need a I need to just stop talking about him until he's like confirmed too good for the podcast. We'll, gotcha. We'll bring him back. All right, now we move on to the Monday game. Sorry there, I skipped ahead. Um Adam Thomason the first one to talk about and mentioned this just before. Um was playing on Cox, but they didn't rotate their rucks there. They rotated through the bench. So he was just like an extra tool that was just taking marks all day. So if, you, if you're one of those players out there, you see, oh, Adam Thomason scored 86 points, might pick him up. Don't do it. He, he has been the prime waiver fodder for years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of those. We say we say there's like a few guys out there just like typify this show. Like he's one of them. Yeah. Like the reason why we do this show. If you can thing. loop Adam Tomlinson, fine. <laughs> yeah. Do not rely on him for any more than yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy I used to rely on and I don't anymore is Braden Maynard. Like he had 109 points today and- Today, he looked like the Maynard of a couple of seasons ago when he actually averaged 80. Yeah, that real dog in him. Yeah, but like today, he was actually taking marks. And I guess Collingwood really struggled to move the ball in the same way they have previously. So mm. I think that evolved, like involved them going sideways a lot more. He got a bit of the chip around as well. Um, but he starts a lot of their attacks when he's playing well. Um, and he gets a few intercepts as well. He hit eight marks today. So that's kind of a, a typifies how he scored so well, I guess. Um, I don't know. He's still a player. I'd want him to back it up. But I think if Collingwood are going to struggle to move the ball so quickly, it kind of brings him into the game a bit more, I think. be interesting to see whether that's just an offset of Jordan Ngoi being out. Like yeah, they, okay. needed to, they needed to kind of try different little things yeah. to, to kind of make up for that hard-nosed difference, and Maynard does provide. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe that was some part of it. But, yeah, like I said, just want to see him back it up again before I get too excited. But I am an owner, so if you're listening, <laughs> Braden, please do it again. <laughs> when, when there's not a buy round, that'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Don't waste it. Like I said, all the players are going off in these buy rounds. Um, last player I want to talk about in this segment is uh, Isaac Quainer. Um, 87 points, and he's had back-to-back 80-plus scores, and he's actually averaging 84 from his last three when you add it all up. One of those players that I always thought would be a quality over quantity type, but that quantity is starting to build a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, Pies just looked to be using him more because he's a pretty smart footballer, and he's got a decent leg on him. I think he went at 75% today. Um, but, yeah, 
might be time to just start taking him seriously if he can get another 80-plus score next week. I Got think. some zip. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's yeah. the kind of player that you want to see the ball in hand with. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the problem when you've also got Nick Dacos taking the kick-ins. Correct, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's just happy to run it out of there. Yeah, it's true that. So. Just skip over your eyes, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of mouths to feed back there, so to speak. Just want to note Pat Lipinski back. Oh, yeah. How could I forget game? that? We wrote a bloody song about him last year. Oh, right, year. exactly. <laughs> kick, the fir- <laughs> kick the first goal today. Yeah. It looked good, like maybe. And he was pretty quiet after that. <laughs> But hopefully, you know, you can take the uh, the build over the buy rounds yep. and hopefully he's real fieldable for owners in the back half of the year. Yeah. So I'm going to check the TikTok later. Hopefully that uh, song's had a bit of a bump up today. <laughs> Just give it a reshare. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the right moment for it. Absolutely. La, la, Lipinski. All right. Uh, <laughs> that is the end of the breakout tracking segment. Uh, we'll talk about membership options. Um, yeah, all the members out there support this show and keep it running. Um, so thank you to all the members out there who have signed up. Um, but if you haven't signed up, We'll, we'll reward you with uh, CBA analysis numbers, kick-in numbers, uh, some State League fantasy analysis, and uh, the breakout tracker, which uh, allows you to compare players in the early stage of their career to the best in their career to see how they compare. Uh, each week, we thank 10 gold members. So do you want to read them out, Damon? Uh, oh, let's go through. Yeah, it's, Dale, tri- there's a tricky uh, name in there, yeah, so I'm going to let you have Exactly, it. yeah. The, there's a brilliant host there. Yeah, the uh, Dale gaskell Carsis. Oh, not bad. I reckon the, uh, the K and the H would combine there to make that yep. car sound. Yep. John Harmy, Lincoln Smith, your legend. Corey <laughs> Farr, Andy Houston, Alistair Black, Kevin O'Malley. Uh, does that have an apostrophe in there? Maybe it, should, it should do, I think. It's Maybe just needs my one. website's not smart enough to print them out, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, Blake Ellison, great work, mate. Uh, Dale Robinson, you're a champion. And Chris Williams as well. Willa. Oh, jeez. Willie. What a, Willie. What a, what a legend. Uh, Notice John Harmy in there, two-time hat winner, I think he is. Uh, not too bad on the host of the pod pod these days. Pretty sure I know Willie as well. Uh, <laughs> great man. Great man. There we go. So, yeah, thank you to all those gold members who uh, did sign up. And, yeah, if you do want to sign up, there's a link in the description. But if you can't, just uh, you can help us out by retweeting or liking or sharing or whatever. There's so many ways to support the show, and we're thankful for every single one of you who do. Anyways, uh, it's going to be a short, sharp, shiny pod tonight. I guess the buy round do that to you with an extra um, game with a game missing but uh, we'll get stuck into the listener questions uh, the first one comes from Richie N96 uh, is Toby Bedford legit right now well he's got to keep getting games the yeah. way he's playing there's nothing wrong with his role on the team how hard do you chase him at the moment though do you give up your first wave of priority if you've got it I guess it depends hard to tell who, who's who's available and things like that but uh, yeah people are wondering do they give up something for him or is it just kind of ride it out and wait and see if he's on the waiver wire, I'm absolutely giving up priority because forwards, I think, has been this year the hardest line to kind of fill in, particularly yeah, if you're going deep. Yeah. Like if you're running a four, five, six strong forward line, Toby Bedford plays. Yeah. I've actually found midfield the hardest to cover this year, but that's, I think, probably more to do with our league where we played, we used to play four forwards and then utilities. Yeah, fleet. that's right. So a lot yeah. of a lot of new leagues have just added midfield yeah, positions, yeah. right? So we've now got seven mids and it's like we have to find an extra, I think, two, whereas for our forwards and backs, we've only had to find an extra one. How many teams in the league? Uh, 12. So, so 12 times seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's 84 he's midfielders. Deep, yeah. I'm loving uh, this year, though. Connor Nash is my boy. I took him with the last kind of one of the last picks in the draft and he's just... That way, already too good for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned him anyway. He, exactly. he, he got his moment in the sun. <laughs> exactly. Well, they always sneak back in there. All my boys uh, at Jinby and Tonic. Great uh, Twitter handle. But let's move on. Um, is Nevitt going to get the role going forward? I'm assuming that is the role on the wing, um, or does he need to wait until his thirtieth birthday? Um, yeah, like I said last. Well, sorry, last week we mentioned his role on the wing scored ninety something. I think he's got it for now. To the time being, what do you think? Max Holmes is out. 
Not next week. Okay, he's back, is he? So, well, the, an article came out earlier today saying Danger's back yep. for Thursday Night Footy yep. against Port Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, Max Holmes a chance okay. and Mitch Duncan a chance. All right, maybe not. So, <laughs> is it going to be Mitch Nevitt's week? It's yeah. not going to be Mitch Nevitt's yeah. week. Yeah, because they also roll Smith and um, oh, Tui goes on there. They have yeah. a pretty deep rotation too. So, yeah, maybe maybe one to stash for the future. Maybe you're not going to get the role going forward. bit more mature yeah. Geelong coming up. But mentioning those 30-year-olds, there might be a few of those dropping off in the next few years and that's probably in the time for him to strike would just, be. just needs to add a couple of extra candles to his birthday cake <laughs> exactly um, at Ranger J87 uh, is Norton worth a hold based on matchups in the back half of the season or would you take a punt on some waiver wire offerings such as 2 meter Peter uh, Toby Bedford or Charlie Cameron here's a good case study I guess would you give up Aaron Norton Aaron Norton to get up to get Toby Bedford Oh, God. It, the, my, my biggest problem with the Western Bulldogs is Luke Beveridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Getting bevered. And it, it's not that he's not playing Aaron Norton forward. It's just that the setup that they've got going yeah. isn't servicing him at all. Yeah. Like, he keep putting it on his head. The he rise can- of Ugal Hagen as well probably hasn't helped him either. No. So, yeah. And more- the, I've seen a lot of discussions saying, you know, why don't you give Norton a roll down back? That's kind of where he's cut his teeth as a junior. Yeah. Who knows? Like maybe... You know, if you kind of held strong with him, he might do something just completely off the wall yeah. back end of the year. Yeah. Um, two meter Peter did look good this week, though. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, playing against Carlton, like he's just a player that because he's been missed so much time, I'd want to just see him do it again. Yeah. One week. Bedford, I don't mind. Um, but I don't even know. I keep, I paid no attention to Norton. What's he even averaging this year? Oh, off could, the top of your head? Oh, could not be good. Yeah, yeah. G- give, me, give me a minute. Yeah, you, yeah. you keep the pod going and, and the I'll, other one, uh, I'll find out. The other one, Charlie Cameron, he's another one of those players that can put up big scores on his day when he kicks big bags. Um, and I think he kicked a bag of seven earlier in the season and put up a monster. But he needs to kick those goals to score each week. And he, I, I kind of rate him similar to Norton. It's just there's more of a chance. But I don't know. Norton's always that. That got that flair and got that ability to kind of break games open. Well, he has in the past anyway. So, are you putting the flair down just to his haircut? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. But no, he's, he used to have that big leap. You know, he'd take a big mark and you know kick a few goals. And well, yeah. Aaron Norton this week scored thirty five. Yeah, so that's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, Sixty seven point three for the year, which is actually probably better than I yeah, thought it would be. That's what I mean. I thought he'd be around the seventy mark. So, and he's usually around that seventy mark, and I think that's pretty good for a key forward. Last three seasons, uh, 2021, 67.3, uh, which is exactly yeah. what he's averaging this year 70.2 yeah. from 22 games last year yeah I'd probably I don't know I'd, I wouldn't want to give up Norton just in case but um, I think if, if you want one of those Bedford types like you, now's the time to pounce on it so it depends where you're going I think if, you, if you're willing to take the risk and you've got nothing to lose I'd pounce on that Bedford but Otherwise, I'd hold Norton and just hope he comes good again. Watch the matchups. Do they play West Coast soon? Play Norton. Yeah, there you go. Um, here's the question we've kind of already answered, but do you think uh, – oh, sorry, Amram Mikey wants to know, is Briggs a top five ruck from here? And if so, what is the average? So is he a top five ruck? He's, out, he's currently the top five. I think it's um, – I think Of the last five rounds, he'd be yeah, easily yeah. top three. Well, yeah, in terms of average, I think he's fourth at the moment. But, yeah, top uh, – I can't remember who it is. It's obviously English, Marshall – can't remember who's third, but then it- Nankervis would be Yeah, there. sorry, it's Nankervis, that's right. And then it is uh, Briggs, and then it is uh, Wits after that, so- You win family feud for the day. <laughs> there you well go. done. Yeah. Um, can he be a top five ruck from here? Sure, if he keeps this up. Yeah. If, um, if but nothing it's all- challenges him, and no one, they don't play two rucks, they start playing Flynn because they want to try something because they're out of contention and whatever. Yeah. Like, that's that could just happen at any time. Like, they, you know, rotate one up forward, because Briggs can't play forward as well. And, you know, if their modus operandi stops trying, becomes, you know, stop trying to make finals and just set up for next mm. year and try some different things, 
it could hinder him. But if he remains as a solo ruck, I think he can average 95 plus with ease. GWS rucks tend to do this though. Braden Pruce yeah, was a very patches. effective average when he was playing last year. Yeah, but yeah. of course, you know, everyone knows how that ended up yeah. because, I mean, he'd find ways to injure himself or get suspended every <laughs> second really week. really good at that, yeah. Briggs seems more of a clean skin on the field. So yeah. all you can do is cross your fingers and hope and ride it out. I've seen players win leagues on just one player having an out-of-the-box season. Yeah, correct. And this could be your guy. Yep, he could be. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that they were kind of priming him for a key defender role a couple yeah. of years ago and then out of necessity bring him in and watch him dominate. But anyway, um, last question tonight. Tom Oates wants to know, what's up with Perryman? Have you been watching GWS closely the last few weeks? Not enough. What yeah. is up with Harry Perryman? Notice he's moved back to defence um, like a bit more because the end of last year he was scoring big because he was kind of used as a tag or just an accountable midfielder, that tough yeah. inside midfielder. I guess with the injury earlier in the season, they're just kind of playing him off the halfback a bit more. And, you know, a bit of the wing time as well. Wings obviously get skipped a bit in this kind of fast football. And I think as a defender, um, there's just a few of his type with, um, you know, the likes of Ash and such back there as well. So um, I don't really know. I think and you're missing a lot of footy as well. Probably takes time to get back into it. There's just so many factors. Mid-80s for the last couple of years. Yeah, I know. 66 yeah. average this year. Yeah. Uh, Not yeah. so good. <laughs> missing missing that time is definitely going to take its uh Take his toll. Needs to get back in the midfield. You, you kind of think he would be back. He, like, if he was kind of playing all season and he was fit and firing, now would be the time with a few outs that they've got in that midfield. Yeah. But I guess they're probably just a bit reluctant to throw him back in there when he's a bit underdone. So, yeah, just by, you know, take time with him. Just, you know, give him a bit of extra time and he should come good, I think. Definitely but, don't drop yeah, him. Yeah, definitely don't drop him. Anyways, that's a wrap for another week. Uh, thanks, uh, Damon, for coming on. Have fun. Just... Glad to be here and just look, <laughs> look at your tech setup. Like the, the man has it down, and yeah. I mean, that that picture of Andy Brayshaw behind you just is, is something. He's, he's staring well, into my soul. Uh, yes, it's a it's a nice picture. I did have a good <laughs> chuckle when I found that one and made sure I printed out an A three coffee. Uh, coffee, but uh, yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Uh, where can our listeners find you? You're around the place on the socials. Uh yeah. Well, Damon Adams on Twitter, Damon underscore Adams on Instagram. Yeah. I don't really have much else going on at the moment, but uh, yeah, come check me out if you want. <laughs> That's all right. Well, uh, well, I'm sure we'll have you back on the pod uh, at some stage because, uh, yeah, it was good fun having you on. And, Mate, the yeah. North-South Corridor worked a treat on uh, a Monday night. That is uh, good to know, yeah. Hopefully the traffic is never too bad on a Monday <laughs> night. But anyway, it is Adelaide, so yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, yeah, get around us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, also get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad. Get on there, uh, open a few packs and have a bit of fun and build your team. Send us some screenshots of uh, any cards you open as well. I always love seeing those. And yeah, if you want to support the podcast further, make sure you jump on one of our membership options in the links below. Anyways, thanks once again, Damon, and talk to you soon. Pleasure, Hef.